0: I've never ever been a spy. Can the bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness.
1: Order. I'm listening. Okay. Can you have consistency, honorable chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. arms.
2: Can you please? Hey everyone, welcome to Sunday Times Politics Weekly. It's that time again where the Sunday Times politics team sits down and unpacks the news for you in the only way we know how, and that is extremely raucous. (laughs) Within the studio today we have Zingis Amvumvu, Apiwetiklek, and Zimasa Matuanet. Hi guys, thank you for joining me so we had a front page story in the sunday times that raised a lot of eyebrows as we try to do every week um zingisa you your story on the front page of the sunday times together with Andy makina and our colleague in cape town uh run us through it
3: well Q, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity Uh you as you say well basically the long and short of it is that the story really uh you know exposes the da to 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 some of the contradictions uh, that it has i mean within its ranks uh, i mean the story is about first uh, diane colabana a very well i would say by now a proven racist if that story is anything <laughs> to go by uh, whose head it, it was this time around again involved in a racist uh, you know uh, uh, type of a situation where uh, she's alleged to have uh, said that most of the problems in the country are instigated by black people and then she also uh, made some xenophobic remarks of uh, Zimbabwean people having to go back to Zimbabwe because uh, Mugabe is no longer the president there. Uh, and the irony in that is that she's not on the racist front, she's not doing it for the first time. You would remember there was uh, that uh, controversial uh, uh, Facebook post about Bortha that she shared and. Yeah, the TA sort of tried to discipline her, but really there were no consequences. And this time around again, there are no consequences because she's heading back to parliament again after the elections. Yeah. And then the contra- on the contrary, on the other side, we have this uh, female uh, politician in, in Ekurulene, who's the councillor of the TA there. She complains against the chairperson of the caucus
2: uh, in
3: Ekurulene in that she was uh, uh, you know sexually harassed and then the DA is engages in this uh, flimsy type of uh, disciplinary that is not even clear whether there was a hearing I mean the lady is called to a hearing on the way she's told no go back we'll do a tele- conference and then the guy is cleared but when the guy is cleared which well it's neither, you know the people who are, is
2: the guy what is uh, it?
3: shadow shabang with the chairperson of the caucus there uh, of the DA caucus he's cleared uh, and then the lady, Tindaba uh, Mbeni, the DA goes ahead to charge the lady, which is unheard of. In fact, that in itself is in contrary with the constitution of the DA uh, in terms of the poli- of their police on sexual harassment, which does say uh, that uh, people who complain about sexual harassment shall not be victimized thereafter and that their complaint shall not be trivialized. But in this regard, that is exactly what the DA, because they went on to charge her for making unsubstantiated, they say, Uh, uh, you know, allegations and then uh, they went on to remove her from the list at the request of the provincial leader. John So
2: she was meant to be on the list to the provincial legislature?
3: And the National Assembly.
2: And she was removed?
3: And she was removed. Because
2: she accused someone of sexual harassment? Absolutely. (sighs) I feel like the DA is self-sabotaging. How do you discipline someone who lays a charge of sexual harassment
1: the
2: a victim of sexual harassment um must now be charged if this was the anc the da would have been in absolute uh you know furor at the moment releasing 12 media releases per hour what do you think of look um the
0: the story it shows you that When it comes to the two issues, I'm not sure if the party takes them light or is not serious because um, there is a a similar case or or let's say there's a case of an MP, um, just forget his name, Hmm. who also uh, was involved in in, an issue of sexual harassment. Uh, back in 2016, I think so. Yeah, uh, uh, when he placed a uh, 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 hand of uh, uh, a female colleague during a protest, the guy was found guilty. But he he continued, same way as uh, Diane. As in, Colabana. he's still a member of parliament. He, he, yeah, he, 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 I think he got a suspended sentence, same way as as, as Diane Colaparnet. So, again, um, she's a repeat offender uh but there's 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 another issue of uh, of, of sexual harassment again it, it seems as if i don't know i mean for a party like the da it's issues they should be able to to to, to deal with uh, because they have a they they have a formal um, sort of legal um uh, structure the flc which yeah. there serves people who have got knowledge of uh, of, of, of 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 the law mm-hmm. i mean um, uh, um the chairperson of that is a former prosecutor. Issues like this should be
2: uh,
0: easily uh, dealt with. No one should be uh, uh, victimized for, for for reporting sexual harassment. I mean, it's, it's, it's odd, eh?
2: Sima the, the thing is, the lists have been released. The ANC's list, the DA's list, and the EFS list. Obviously, the, those are the big parties' lists. Um for the National Assembly and the provincial legislatures for after the elections. And there was a lot that people said about the ANC's list. The fact that Nomvula Mokunyane was on the list, the fact that Batabila Ramini. For me, there is no difference to Diane had being on the DA list and Nomvula Mokunyane. For me, that, it's the same thing. I think, I think we
1: fail to hold the DA in the same standard that we hold the ANC in because we have this thing that no, they are just a small party, no, they are just opposition. But the reality is that the DA governs uh, a lot of municipalities. They govern very powerful metros. We should start being as critical of the DA as we are of the ANC. In instances of racism, I am not sure if You know, diehard racists can repent, uh, especially on instances where there is no real consequences or a sanction Mm. that is going to say, we cannot have you in parliament. Hence, you cannot have this income. You know, people must feel it, Mm. must feel it in their pockets. Uh, racists we must make uh, social spaces uncomfortable for them Hmm. they must I I don't want a racist in parliament I don't know why that woman was still in parliament even after the whole uh, apartheid nostalgia thing that they did of, of missing both
2: Hmm. And and the thing is that, um, you know, the DA's argument is that, you know, you can't that she's not been found guilty of racism, so to say. And I saw this tweet by um, a a DA leader in Etiquine. She says, I've known Diane Kola Barnard for over 10 years and I have had my fair share of disagreements with her. However, she would never say all oh, Zimbabweans are criminals or similar nonsense. It's just—it's just not how she thinks or speaks. This is completely ridiculous. Now, Nicole is being a racism and xenophobic apologist. But but not only That's that, <coughs> for me this read like a lot of the tweets that were protecting Zuma when Zuma was in battle. For me, I was like, well, Zuma wasn't wasn't guilty of course Zuma's not corrupt <laughs> by the court of law yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so why why is for the fact that you
1: have a caucus leader of um Etaguni municipality someone who sits in such a powerful position and they go out and they tweet that remember nicole was not present when a uh, Cola uh, when was, this incident happened. happened but she has um the balls to go on social media and tweet that it just tells you that a uh, there are no consequences Twinses, twins, in the DA to
3: yeah. those things. And she knows so, that nothing is gonna happen she knows. to her too. And
1: listen, uh, Quanita, when it happens in her caucus, do you think a black person who is offended by racism, whether intended or not, will be able to say, eh, my leader Nicole, I don't like what ABC said. Hmm. You know, you get you get things like, I was I was in grade two with this uh with this bakey, and I know she's not racist. I mean <laughs> you were not there when they said offensive
0: things mm. and and uh, you see the point you are making about Zuma <laughs> uh, this was uh, presented or this uh the chief whip was told about this, and he uh, um, reprimanded her. Do you think he reprimanded <laughs> her uh, the, the same way Zuma did with this
2: minister? <laughs> you the, you are here by <laughs> <laughs> <Really? That's> like, <laughs> But, but I mean, um, th- this story for me was was extremely important, and I think that the reaction that the DA uh, had to the story is indicative of how they how tolerant they are to to be put under scrutiny. Scrutiny. And I think that the, A, the the DA is happy to clap when when we write stories uh, about the, the EFF or the, about the ANC or the ANC government. But the, as soon as they're at the receiving end, where we scrutinize and we go deeper into what's happening um, in their party, it becomes as if, uh, you know, um, there's everything, an agenda or yeah, yeah. everything is fake news and <laughs> there's no sort of... Uh, you know, till now, I'm yet to see what is going to happen. Has the DA decided to reopen this case at Diane Cola Barnard? What, is there any development to say, okay, we understand the, the gravity of the situation? Like I'm saying, this weekend I sat and I thought about it and I'm like, Musi my money in just ignoring the fact and allowing Diane Kolobana to be on the list, is no different to Ace Mahashule saying, no, uh, as long as you're not found to be criminal, you know, you're not found guilty by a court of law, then you're sharp to be on the list. For me, that's the exact same thing. It's
3: exactly the same too. And the funny part is that the DA are always on the uh, you know, offensive when the ANC says these things about some of its uh, leaders who are embroiled in, in, in this kind of situations. I mean, the DA was up in arms uh, recently with regards to uh, Pule Mabe and Zizi Gorda type of situations. releasing statements left, right, and centre, but those people were never found guilty by a court of law, but they, at least the ANC indeed acted. So, I mean, that's the thing, too. At least the ANC did something. Although the ANC, for instance, doesn't even have a sexual harassment policy, but at least there's some action that they took who concluded that because this stands the party at least you can step aside in the meantime while you investigate these things a the DA that has an existing uh, sexual harassment policy just lets people be instead victimizes that and uh, the met- kind of message that is sent through other women who are within the party is that in the future if I'm sexually harassed and I complain to the party I'm going to face the music for mm-hmm. complaining so people will be scared like it's, it, it instills fear among the mm-hmm. women within the DA and don't I haven't said heard them say any Thing. It no. just goes to show that they are as good as a toothless. At least the ANC Women's League releases statements and <laughs> call for people. But to I mean, ask. I'm
2: not in the business of saying the ANC is better than the DA. But, Absolutely. I, but I feel like in this in this particular case, the DA needs to face the same scrutiny, scrutiny. that it expects from other people from the media to do about other political, political parties. parties. Absolutely. I, I mean if you look on the
0: uh diane color uh issue when you are a repeat offender i mean the previous sanctions should automatically uh, be taken into consideration or, or, or why are they not saying okay because you were found guilty and uh, uh that now now it's a i mean i don't understand they should uh, hmm. take uh, action immediately it's uh, and this is it's an old case it's not like it's something that happened two weeks ago hmm. anyway.
2: so moving on Obviously, with the elections coming up, um, political parties are going across the country, promising various things to their constituencies. A big issue, and which falls under the bread and butter issues of of the elections, is obviously education. Um, it's been twenty five years since the advent of democracy. They they ha- people are expecting more in terms of just providing basic education for for South African children and so political parties have been making a lot of promises the ANC has made um, you know a certain amount of promises right but I'm quite fascinated in what uh, the president says when he goes out uh, campaigning there is never a time where he doesn't talk about his initiative to roll out tablets in schools He uses that heavily as a campaigning tool. He talks about that students need to get involved in coding and artificial intelligence and the fourth industrial revolution. Something the ANC itself isn't really big on in its manifesto, but it's almost his own project that he's promising to people to say, your kids are going to get tablets. But the ANC's manifesto itself focuses on early childhood development, something that they have been very big on. The Tivot Colleges, which is uh, training and vocational educational uh, centers, community colleges, and they obviously talking about um, free quality higher education. <laughs> So, early childhood development has been something that uh, Angie Mutsecha has been pushing for a very long time. If you compare it with um, other manifestos of other political parties, everyone is in agreement that early childhood development has to be compulsory for all children. But um, the ANC has been a little bit more vague in terms of what, uh, uh, you know, this free education will look like. The president said, obviously, um, there will be this rollout, but there's been numerous problems with NASFAs. Um, The biggest issue has been whether this free education will result in quality education, but more importantly, a boost to the economy.
1: I think the more people who have A qualification, and the more people who are employed and participating in the economy and growing our GDP is a good thing. I'm sure we can all agree on that. In terms of of ECD, that's where education begins, right? So it's it's important for government to not just say yes, um, we want early childhood development. We we need to pay attention to that. It exists, but the problem is the is the funding. The problem is uh, the money for classroom for these children, uh, classrooms that are kind of like uh, stimulating to the mm. young mind, the, the, the reading material or writing material or whatever it is the kids do at Crash. Mm. but also it's about the the, the remunerating the practitioners ECD
2: Mm. and training them really
1: and training them so what what I've I've noticed mostly in in rural you know schools most of them are not uh, are not treated as teachers which I think is a bit unfair Mm.
2: Um, but the issue is we don't have the economy I mean we don't have the the money to pay uh, ECD practitioners teacher salaries really Well, we we may not
1: pay them teacher salaries per se, but they should uh, have medical aid, they should be uh, contributing to the pension fund, Mm -hmm. and they should be paid monthly. They shouldn't have to wait for four months and claim to the department and, and, you know, a whole lot of of nonsense that's happening there. So in in terms of, we need to strengthen the infrastructure in, in that phase of education and treat The practitioners better than we currently are Can I put
2: this to you That the ANC government does not have Bad education policies It's the execution that's the problem
3: All the time, it's always the case (laughs) I mean, in fact guys On the issue of the remuneration of uh, ECD practitioners, I disagree with you That these people cannot be paid Actually, they can be paid uh, if if we say we are taking uh, that issue of early childhood development seriously, we must show it in the manner in which we treat the people who implement that. Because as a base, early childhood development actually determines whether the child is going to make it or not. Therefore that is the most critical part right. in, the, in, in one's education, the start, the foundation. Therefore if we have these people properly trained and they do their job properly, they must thus be uh, compensated properly just like any other teachers. Because
1: and to do the job yeah properly. you see that's also very important
2: it's a push and pull thing of, of how much of the piece of the pie do you give ECD free tertiary education nutrition programs it's, it's literally yeah. a pulling of how much this, this this pie can be expanded to
0: yeah but um, my, my, my stance is that uh, education just like health uh, we should not be uh, um, uh, it, it should it should We should be more serious about, uh, I mean, education. When you are educating a child, you are looking at the future of the country. Um, My biggest issue with the current government has always been infrastructure. Um, for early childhood development but also at these um, uh, 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 schools at um, basic education uh, you hear uh, stories about uh, um, child ch- children falling into uh, uh, pit, pit, pit-, pit-, pit like and you have to to address that seriously it's a serious issue um, also um, my other focus is on uh, tertiary education because in this day and age if we are talking about the so-called f- uh, if we are talking about the fourth uh, industrial uh, revolution, <laughs> <laughs> yes you, you need educated pupils you need peoples, uh or rather uh, professionals who will, when they go to a tertiary institution and if they are uh, studying IT they are going to come out uh, uh, uh able uh, to go into a workplace uh, Actually, and and, yeah. and and the extension of uh, free edu- free uh, tertiary education is very important um, because i mean if you have a grade 12 where are you going to the
2: the thing is the education in in 2019 received um the biggest share of South Africa's budget, right? Basic education has been allocated 262.4 billion rand in the next financial year, as per uh, Minister Titum um budget table last month. But the reality is, we need to ask the question is, are we getting value for, for our man. buck? Yeah. In the money spent in education.
3: Well, but you see, Q, I was going to continue on on, on point that uh, infrastructure generally it's, it's 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 lagging behind. I mean, the issue of uh, proper sanitation in the rural areas, proper. Uh, structures. I mean, there are kids who are still studying under trees. So you know, it 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 brings me to to that point of tablets. You see, that's why I say the NC likes bluffing. How do you? <laughs> <them>? <laughs> no, seriously, guys. How do you promise tablets when there are kids who still don't have basic needs such as a proper sanitation, proper water systems, proper classrooms? Hmm. How are you going to give someone? Are they going to uh, learn with that tablet in the rain? Also, what, you I know. So so. <laughs> for me really the NC they get ahead of themselves the the system itself is not uh, based on a proper foundation but already you are promising things that are far ahead and then again on higher education we push too much free education but free education in what for instance i think we need to get to a point of prioritizing that if you do certain yes. careers that will move the country yes. forward with the changing times those are the things that we need to focus on but there's little talk about that it's always an overall free education and you'll find if you were to do maybe research you'll find that 80 percent of the people benefiting from a free education are in humanities hmm. does that take us forward as a country hmm. in this fourth industrial revolution no
1: um, I, I feel like there's a lot of confusion and maybe sometimes failure to face our issues and dishonesty in, in terms of how we approach these things. So we have this fourth industrial revolution that everyone is talking about. Okay, cool. We need um, a complete overhaul of the curricula. Mm. Let's just say, for example... We need kids to do coding, robotics, like you were saying the president Hmm. is promising in all these communities. Okay, cool. Then we need tablets. Then we need computers. You can't do that in in a piece of paper. But we need walls first. Exactly. We need walls with electricity. We need a network. We need the internet. So put that infrastructure first and then we can proceed as a country because there are things that if 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 we say tablets and preparing our kids for the next um for the for the challenges of the next generation then okay cool Mm. but then it's gonna end up being only the urban provinces Mm. that that get to benefit what about the other kids you Mm. know so we must we must start from the bottom
2: But that's why I was quite fascinated by the EFF uh, manifesto where they talk about, I mean, they really go into detail about their plans for education, talking about decolonized education, which we know about, but also going into into details to say they also promise that every learner will get a tablet loaded with all necessary study material. They talk about, um, you know, the government will build new schools. What I liked about their manifesto was they actually named... Areas where, the, if the EFF is elected into office, um, they would build schools. Um, you know, the, this could be pipe dream, really, but I feel like it was it it, it was less lazy than other political parties. Mar-a-tima, our education
0: arena is going to be free and then compulsory under EFF government. Who are wo atlabeng arsenal tablet or ipad tablet e komware itlabe ina le
2: educational programs wow what do you think about the the efff's um manifesto and their promises on, on education
3: but EFF is always there oh, their promises as you were saying for instance they are detailed as to where they will do things for instance like building schools they are always detailed it's nice for them because they are not in the government yet it's it's always good and well to talk until you come into government where you see that certain things for instance I mean you can say all sort of things as an opposition because you are not like a governing party that is constrained in terms of budgets and stuff like that it, it looks promising I mean for instance on the issue of higher free education uh, they talk more or less the same language with the exception that they also emphasize on this compulsory thing and I don't know why the ANC never really focuses on that part of the free and compulsory education because if you make it free is it free uh, to those who want or it's free and compulsory to all people who ought to be uh, at school at that particular point in time because I mean even basic education now under the ANC there's 90% of the school are no fee schools uh, but there are kids loitering the streets. Why is that the case? Because we don't Emphasize the point of compulsory that Mm. school going age uh, children cannot be found on the street. There's free nutrition, you won't be hungry when you're at school. Everything is literally free. There's quality transport for those who stay at far distances. So, I I like that particular emphasis on compulsory. In that, really, as a country, if we want to build a country Mm. that is serious, we must make education fashionable and sort of in a sort of a dictatorial way so to speak in that everyone who ought to be at school must be at school that is a country that takes itself uh, seriously uh, i mean on, on other things as i say at times they go overboard and sort of being superficial and and not saying where the funding because the have always looks to have the best plan but they never say where the money is going to come from to fund all these kind of issues you see and that is the intricacies that the NC has been able to deal with. That when you are in government, they were also talking the same language before they got to government. But now that they are in government, you can see that there are limitations into these kind of issues. But it's not a
1: bad stance. So here, here is what I liked about the EFF um, M- manifesto on education is that they are saying under the EFF government, all schools will have remedial teachers. So at schools here, there is you have a phase, grade one to grade three and you have a age cohort of pupils that should be within that Mm. phase. And once you start failing and you are older than the kids, you get pushed forward. You get pushed forward until metric and then in metric there is a problem because maybe you can't pass, Mm. you know. So where you need remedial teachers is people who are equipped, who are trained, who are qualified to identify pupils that are slow learners people people's that have uh, maybe psychological problems and they are also just language barriers yeah. also also yeah also language so those people are able to teach these 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 pupils to a point where they can be able they can be able to pass and you, we know in, in in a lot of our communities we don't have a special skills Schools or mm. schools for children with uh, learning, you know, challenges. So, we do need remedial teachers because the teachers that are currently taking care of a pupil that can grasp a topic in one lesson and one who needs fifty lessons, they are struggling. Mm. Also, we have, we know, we have an issue in 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 schools of. Overcrowding Of overcrowding So Mm. it becomes A nightmare It ends up Being an issue Of even the ones That you would have Taught them To
2: get Distinctions Will struggle Another issue is I mean The DA Has been quite uh, Sort of pushy about the fact that SATU is holding the education in South Africa at ransom and they blame the union the teachers union for this and they say that you know they don't want certain things etc cetera, etc cetera. I mean the union um, there's a lot that can be criticized about them but I also think we underestimate what they have to deal with on a daily basis teachers in general
0: yes yeah no I agree I think that uh, the TA stands on on SATU yeah stems from their own stance on how they deal with uh, uh, union boss relations uh, across the board, not just at school. Uh, mm-hmm. They've always had a problem with COSATU in general. Yeah. So when they talk about SATU... Th- th- Which th- is the biggest
2: th- teacher's union. Yeah,
0: that's the first thing I think of. It's more so with the fact that they are aligned with uh, the uh, the ANC uh, 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 governing alliance than... Um, uh, problems that you can point out uh, see, uh, yes Saturday has been a problem uh, we've seen this kind of uh, 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 posts uh, mm. being sold and all of that I get that, but yeah um, secondly um, um, on the EFF manifesto uh, I, I agree with you guys it's, it's very much detailed uh, uh, but the funding part uh, yeah, I don't get Uh, but i wanted to touch also on the issue of tablets Uh, i think uh, uh, there's an argument you made about uh, do we wait for everyone or do we uh, go to the schools that are ready we have two provinces that have been rolling out tablets and they've been some, um, the two most uh, consistent uh, in terms of uh, being top performers. Uh, that is Gauteng and Western Cape. And the nice thing about it... And it's w- quite w- urban, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the nice thing, though, also is that those two provinces are, are ruled by uh, uh, two different parties. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it, do we attribute uh, the the performance uh, to the rollout of this technology? Or what? What do you think?
2: So I always look at uh, Gauteng and the MEC here, Panyaza Lesufi, and he gets a lot of praise for the stuff that he he rolls out and his general stance on education. And the thing is, I look at other provinces. If you look at the Eastern Cape, perhaps. If you look at um, you know your 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 low performing uh, provinces, Limpopo. Limpopo. You don't have people in those political because remember. Uh while while education is a national competency, these MECs have play an important role uh, role in the rollout of infrastructure. And so as a as a, re- a result you need people, A, that know what they're doing, and B have the political will to go and fight for certain projects to be um you know to be implemented. And I think uh that's what we don't see, uh, you know, we, to, to deal with what, what you were talking about, Zimasa, with dealing with the, the lack of, of buildings and, 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 you know, water and, and, and electricity in schools. As a, as a MEC, if the media is reporting that there are kids in Freyhead that are crossing a river, it, it doesn't do much for you to just go and say, okay, how can we solve this issue how can we resolve it and and then get on with, with 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 business but but there seems to be this kind of i don't know if it's just just last week conetta i
1: saw on SABC news that there were people who drowned on their way to school yeah. in matatiela so that's that's around the area where i grew up in and you see there although there's been some differences and we're very grateful to basic education but you know what a it's bad it's but it, it's sad but it's almost this
2: arrogance to say well we
1: can't help everyone but try but the thing is in Eastern Cape I'm not sure who exactly is being helped you know so you because see, because you see a school that was a, a mud school in 1994, it's still a mud school. You see a river that you used to cross as a child to school. It's there is still no bridge. Uh, yeah. So you wonder, you know, but who exactly is getting this 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 money? But you see also you uh, sort
3: of to to those uh, M S S uh, defense compared to Panyaza. Panyaza doesn't really have a lot of issues. It doesn't have mud schools. It doesn't have. <laughs> and he it never knows. had. Yeah. To begin see, with. So so nice. already he's moved from a position of, of advantage, advantage. Yeah. in yeah. that okay. most of the funds have to go to uh, these functions of uh, such as tablets and all whereas those people they still have to deal with the basics of but not rooting out
2: the fact that there's corruption no absolutely corruption yeah. is there
3: actually corruption takes us backwards in that already the resources that are there are not enough the fact that we haven't moved forward that much in those provinces it means the resources are not enough and then on top of resources not being enough there are people who are taking for their own uh, uh, you know personal benefits and it, it doesn't really help but care uh, it is what it is
2: it is what it is Thank you, guys. I think this was a very important discussion. I think you guys can agree with me that we have a lot more to say on it, but we will be unpacking different issues and different promises that political parties have been making uh, in the run-up to the elections. As we recall today, there's 50 days to the elections. Guys, are you ready? Are your techies clean? (laughs) (laughs) I will read. We are ready. ready. We are ready for the election. On your marks. marks. I will get set.
1: (laughs) We are ready for the (laughs) election. Thank you guys very
2: much. (laughs) Thank you guys very much for joining us. um, We'll see you next week. Be sure to share this podcast and let us know what you think about it under the hashtag STPoliticsWeekly.